Good morning, Bongiorno. Welcome to episode 114 of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks for being here today. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and before I introduce today's guests, plural, I want to tell you about a little something I put together for you. During this interview, we get into a little bit of talk about print, and I put together a free guide for you that highlights the most common things that even experienced designers forget to double-check their file for before sending it to a printer. You send your files in wrong, that could be costly, not only on time, but the dollars. So head over to thequickiepodcast.com, enter your email address, and I'll send it to you for free. All right, now to the good stuff. My guests today are Amy and Jen Hood, co-founders and creative directors at Hood Spa. They are also the brilliant authors and creators of their book, Freelance and Business and Stuff. An awesome design book, whether you are in a studio or freelancer. If you're creative, get this book. Go to hoodspadesign.com and get it. Did you get it yet? It's okay. Wait till the end of the episode. No, don't wait. Go get it now. Come back to the episode. Go get the book now. During this episode, we talk about their early artsy days when they were younger, when they were custom bedazzling t-shirts and making art and selling it in junior high and high school. They also talk about a story where their mom let them paint on the wall, not just like crazy painting, but like planned out a mini mural with them, like age seven or eight, painting the walls in a house. That is pretty sweet. We talk about the poster that finally sort of pinpointed to them what all this art and creative that they had been seeing and doing was. It gave it a name, and that name was Graphic Design. We then talk about the out-of-the-blue opportunity that introed them even further into design and sort of apprenticed them along. They talk about how that opportunity came up and what it meant to them. And it was the early days of their complete belief and understanding of the power of community and benefiting the design community and giving back and what comes back to you from doing that and how the design community has helped them and supported them. We then get into the Hutzpah design startup story, the early days of Hutzpah, and the one project that they landed that really reassured them their direction and what they wanted to do. We also talk a little bit about collaborating with clients on their logos and branding concepts, and they tell us how they do it and why. All that and more, you guys. This is jam-packed, part one of my amazing interview. Let's get to it. My wonderful guests, Amy and Jen Hood. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Good morning, Amy and Jen. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Oh, thanks for having us. Uh, are you both ready for a quickie? Heck yes. Let's All right. do this. <laughs> so the hardest question is always first. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Oh, oh gosh. We're going to get introspective. 
Uh, Jen, you go first. Okay, I'm Jen, Jen Hood. I am one of the co-founders of Hoods for Design. Uh, that's Amy next to me. You can't Hi. see her, Amy Hood. <laughs> we are twin sisters, and we co-founded Hoods for Design. We've now been doing this for eight years, and it's pretty much um, now we're focused as like a brand identity studio. Uh, at the beginning, we started out as definitely like master, or uh, what a jack of all trades, master of none, and then we <laughs> kind everything. of funneled it down yeah, into brand identity is now what we're definitely known for. Okay, so yeah. a lot of people will know um, – but Amy, I want to hear your intro here first. Oh, okay. Okay, my intro is, uh, I'm Amy Hood, half of the twin duo, Hudspa. Um, and yeah, we focus on uh, identity design, and we also have a huge passion for um, business literacy and teaching designers and freelancers and small business owners how to make the most out of their creative business. Well said. Goodness. You guys nailed the <laughs> elevator <you>. pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, hire us <laughs> there you go yeah we're good hire us um so chutzpah i mean a lot of people will know this but i want to ask the question anyways how long is how long have you two been working together under that um under that brand eight years yeah eight years and in counting because we started in april of like 2011 so it's mm -hmm. about to be nine years which is crazy and then it'll be a decade and then i just don't even know and then you've got the big 10-year celebration and you've got all that stuff yeah, it's like, I guess we're all gonna have to go on a cruise. I don't know. There's got to be a big epic party of some sort. Perfect. A crop cruise, right? Shout out. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, crop cruise. They had to. They, yeah, there's info coming on that. Got it. Um, <laughs> so I want to go back a little bit further than that. Before you guys started at Spot, what was going on then? Where were you working? What did you have going on? We were working at it was actually an incredible opportunity because we were going to community college and um, we were kind of like getting stuck and we were just doing mainly drawing and art and I had taken one graphic design class and then Amy took one too because I told her hey this is really cool <laughs> but she was working at a coffee shop and this guy came in who worked at a it was pretty much they were starting up what was like a little local um, coupon magazine okay. where it kind of featured local businesses and stuff. And he said, hey, if you come and work for me, I'll teach you everything you need to know about graphic design because I need like people to work on this this uh, little coupon clipper magazine. And so we went and worked there, both of us. And um, he taught us pretty much on the job how to use all the programs and tools. And we were just thrown into the fire day one. So it was definitely trial by fire kind of apprenticeship method of, of learning. But that's like the, that's the awesome part about community and having having people that know you and know your um, I don't know just like your your willpower and your drive mm -hmm. because we didn't have any design experience at all but he took a chance on us and basically did an apprenticeship with us so your community I feel like is one of your strongest assets and I always just try to tell everyone that just like you you can't be an island you need people in your life to help you make the jump to the next level. That's great. So did he know at that point that you were creative or you wanted to get into that sort of field? Or was it just sort of a, hey, you could do some work? Yeah, he did. He was like, I had known him for four years. He was one of my regular customers. We would talk about life and everything. It was kind of like a bar scenario, except for I was serving him <laughs> coffee instead of beer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was so nice. And he just had a vested interest in me. He knew I worked really hard at the coffee shop. And he also knew I was an artist because I did all the chalkboards at the coffee shop, nice. which is so funny that that little thing, but you just never know what people are going to notice, you know? So I always say like, I always tell people, I'm like, never be good enough for any opportunity. You just never know what it's going to lead to, you know? Because it definitely wasn't glamorous. We were doing a lot of really like like small time local business ads. Mm -hmm. And because we weren't 
very fluent in the design programs. I'm not going to say that they were that great, but <laughs> you know, it, t- it taught us so much about uh, dealing with clients. We probably made like, you know, 50 to 60 ads each per month. Yeah. And then we had to lay out the whole design layout of the, the book. And then also this business doubled as a print shop. So we were learning how to prepare everything for print. And uh, we were making free logos for people because we didn't realize that's not included in ad design. <laughs> like we just didn't get it. Yeah. So we were just doing a lot more than we realized was really expected. And it taught us a lot about, you know, client relations. I wouldn't trade it for a four year degree ever. For, yeah. It for was sure. So much. That's so funny you say that the ads was your gateway because um, episode 100, I interviewed Aaron Draplin and his intro before all the snowboarding stuff and the things that really kicked it off for him. Um, he was doing nickel ads. He was taking pictures of a guy's oh. Cadillac and doing nickel ads. Oh wow, my gosh. Yeah. I, I've heard his talk so many times. We're kind of on the circuit together and I've never heard that part of it. That's yeah, so cool. He, on episode 100, he went into some stuff that he doesn't really talk about before. So that was awesome that I could pull that out of him. I'm going to go listen. Um, so I want to go back even further than that. And I feel like you maybe had a similar childhood, but I'm just guessing, just grasping at straws there. Um, what was your childhood like? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that started to point you in this career path? Oh yeah, definitely. We like from the, as early as I can remember, we were constantly drawing and doodling and we just like, um, our mom was really cool. She let us paint on our walls, not like just like reckless, gross painting. Like she, <laughs> she said, you know, sketch what you want to paint on your wall. If you want to paint a mural. And so we sketched it out with all Looney Tunes characters <laughs> and Animaniacs. We were like totally copyright infringers. Okay. Animaniacs? <laughs> I have not heard that Animaniacs. in a long time. Oh, we were obsessed. Dude, have you tried? Okay, you should go back. I think it's on Hulu. It's impossible to watch. I was obsessed with it when I was younger. I tried Same. to watch it. I had to turn it off within three seconds. Yeah. But she let us uh, paint them on our wall. So we were doing murals at like the age of like, what would seven, it have been? Six or seven. Yeah. And then I just remember that was always the thing in school that we would get like our our teachers would always tell our mom, like, they're really good at art, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and it was like our social currency. Like when kids, they were like, all right, everyone pick a group project. Like everyone pick four partners. And I would be like, Amy and Jen can draw. We'll get an A. <laughs> it was like, oh, cool. This is like a weird power. It's like yeah. a weird superpower to making friends. Never and because we moved out. a lot. Yeah. yeah. When we moved a lot, it still remained something that like you could get noticed and like people wanted to like know about. So it was definitely something that we leaned on. That's cool. You know, hearing that, you know, you really flexed that creative muscle um, from a really early age, because I've had some guests on where they hid it. They didn't want to tell anyone that they were really good at drawing. They just oh, had this no. hidden little sketchbook. Oh, no, we were like, I mean, we made the school a newspaper that it never asked us to make with comic books <laughs> and we write little articles. And um, I would make, I, I started selling t-shirts. I customized a t-shirt for my boyfriend who played football. And it said like, I love Ross and like rhinestones. I had a bedazzler. <laughs> and then I started nice. charging all the other girls to make t-shirts for their boyfriends. Just like we were constantly trying I feel to like sell. Way our... before we even knew it, we were just constantly trying to make a business to sell design, even though we just thought it was just like, oh, we're making art and selling it. It was more like graphic yeah. design. It was applied art. You know, like <laughs> we were making comic books and like greeting cards and Xeroxing them and then trying to, you know. Anyways, it's just funny. That is so funny. <laughs> Made up a Dazzle t-shirt. I love that. Oh, you, yeah. You still have the shirt, right? I, You know what I did? And it's probably in a box somewhere. I, I, did, I was like, this is the first t-shirt I ever made. <laughs> yeah, that needs to be framed and up on the office wall. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I want to know if you guys had a moment where you first started noticing design out in the world, what did you start to see? 
Well, we've always been oddly obsessed with advertisements. <laughs> like from a really young age when our dad would like come in for the summer to visit, we would like, you know, go with him on a trip. We would always get in the rental car and we would just like memorize all the jingles on the radio. And like mm-hmm. it, whoever could sing it first when you heard the first note, that's like who won. I don't know. There's this odd <laughs> obsession with just like marketing jingles. and jingles. Okay, I have, and, to like, ask, even when- I have to ask then. Oh, go ahead. Jingles. Hit me with a jingle. Burlington Co. Factory, <laughs> we're more than great coats. Yes. <laughs> well That's our done. favorite that was the favorite? jingle of all time. And they changed it recently. Oh, it made me so sad. I almost cried. I was like, what is this? travesty of a new jingle i know that's not design but in a weird way i think it segues into design which is just the idea of like using creativity to tell a story and um but yeah even beyond that i think when i started realizing more specifically design is like when i was like 12 and i'm going to the cd store and i want to find like underground cool music and not like what everyone else is listening to but i didn't know how to find it or who to ask so Mm -hmm. i would just look for the coolest like cd covers and i would buy based on that and it was a very hit or miss uh (laughs) system system (laughs) But I was definitely like, oh, I'm buying based on what I think is cool, based on aesthetic, yeah, which is interesting. That's awesome. So was that the same for the both of you, just trying to find that sort of hardcore underground record? I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, music was a huge part. And like, and going into that vein, I remember when I first saw Aesthetic Apparatus based out of uh, Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. I started seeing their rock and roll posters. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to make those posters. I want to make those, you know, that album art. And um, I didn't even realize that that was graphic design at the time. You know, I just thought it was like illustration and art. Um, So I went to school for art and that's what I thought I was going to do. But yeah, I remember they were making the coolest stuff and they were making a living at it. It just was, it blew my mind, my tiny little mind. (laughs) Um, So what do you think stands out as the most influential design of your lives so far? It could be something that you've seen um, or something you've been a part of. It's so hard to answer. I I feel like every design I've been a part, this is that lame answer of like, oh, everything has shaped me. It really has. But I think what Amy said about aesthetic apparatus, that was the first time we were like, what is this thing? How do we label it? And we looked up the, the company that made the posters when we saw them and we were like, oh, they're doing graphic design. And I think just that, like being able to finally name it so that we could like pursue it was mm-hmm. huge. Um, so probably just that. And so that was that pre-coupon book. Like that's pre-coupon. Oh yeah, that was in high school. That was probably like uh, junior year of high school. Got it. So who are some of the designers or brands that you both look up to and closely follow? And what about them do you like? There's so many. I mean, and so many for so many different reasons. Uh, But I think I'm definitely drawn to to people in, in the design community who can who are like, can quantify why they're doing what they're doing, who are very into the strategy of design. To me, that's fascinating because that, that's not always been one of my strengths, although I'm trying to make it one of my strengths. So mm-hmm. people like Mackie Saturday, and he runs, I think he has just started his own agency called like Saturday Design Studio or something, but he did the Instagram logo and um, the uh, the new uh, Real Thread logo and Unsplash logo. He's done all these huge logos. He worked at Chermayev, Geisler, and Habib. Aviv, and um, he just really understands the process of client relations, of 
creating a mark that lasts and, and also getting that buy-in from clients because that's the hardest part is you could create something incredible, but if you can't get your client to approve it, it's never going to exist. It just goes on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. So people like him along the same lines, Ash Huang, who's worked for almost every big company you can think Tech of, agency, yeah, like Pinterest, uh, now she's at Adobe. Um, but she's like on, and these people I find that like on Twitter is like where you can really get a lot of gold because they're just speaking very, it's very consolidated thoughts on, you know, the why. Um, and the people posting are people that actually have thought about why they're doing what they're doing. You yeah. know, like you're not just on there willy nilly. Yeah. Uh, Jed Bridges is another one. Even Cat Noon. Noon is great because she's um, working on the accessibility of design. So she's coming at it from a completely different angle and really trying to make that. So people who are thinking about the process, the ethics and like how we're doing what we're doing, we're doing rather than just like, does it look cool? Here's what I made. Look at it, you know? Yeah, so that sort of brings up an interesting question that isn't on the question document. So heads up, curveball. Um, <laughs> when you're presenting, you know, a brand identity or sort of initial concepts to a customer, um, are you on the one logo, one option presentation? Or are you on the, you know, show a couple of options? So we do like it to be more of a collaboration. And to be mm-hmm. honest, I don't think there's a one answer to any design problem. Mm-hmm. I think you can solve it in many ways. And as long as you can prove that it really does, you know, meet the goal and serve the audience, then there's not just one way to do it. So in that vein, like me and Amy, we like to present two to three concepts and we don't present a concept unless we're happy that the client could walk away with it. And it would be something that we are sure would work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Cause I've heard of some designers being like, Oh, I throw on one really crappy one. Be- uh, and I did what they asked me, but I made it so crappy. They wouldn't choose it. And it's like, no, they will always yeah, choose that. one. They, they yes. don't know, you know? So we only present stuff that we're really, really proud of, but we do like that collaborative experience where a client can look at both and we can tell them the pros of each and then they can, you know, feel like they've like helped make that decision. Um, and to be honest, it's really hard for us to choose sometimes between what we think are two or three really solid ideas. It's hard not to include like five, you know? it's hard <laughs> to cut it down to that. Yeah. So we do like, um, multiple concepts but we always have to prove why they work um, through not only visually contextually showing like application examples but also um, explaining it verbally so that we're hitting all those kinds of marks because everybody communicates differently so it's really important to kind of like cover all your bases and And showing it in the competitive landscape I think that's really cool too to be like hey this is how it's different this is how we're going to stand out sure we want to make sure that we're competing but we also want to make sure we're doing something different Mm-hmm. And you both nailed that explanation really well. Basically, the why, like, why should, why does this work? Why does this make the most sense? Yeah. And that's why with our round one logos, we always present them real time, either on a video chat or in person, because you can't rely the pe- people getting their first round logo concepts are so stoked. They're not going to read anything. Mm-hmm. If you just leave it to them, they'll just like start looking through it and they might not think about the why they're just going to look at it purely aesthetically. And they're going to start thinking of, you know, they're just going to start drawing wrong assumptions because they're not thinking about the context because they're so excited. And that's not their job to think about that. They don't know that. So we walk them through the story and we pace it and we're screen sharing our screen and we're walking them through the proof so they can't skip ahead. I was just going to say, they can't skip ahead. Perfect. No, they can't skip ahead. And we can't, they can't talk amongst themselves and draw wrong conclusions. They have to hear the truest presentation of the story first from us. And mm-hmm. then we send the deck. And then we tell them, okay, now, now think this through, um, you know, and let us know what you think on your, you know, after you've been able to sit on it and marinate in it. But we, we want to be able to, like, keep it in its purest form at the beginning first. And it helps, like, if they have something weird where they're like, I don't like blue, it's like, great, we can change that. So 
moving on. You know, it's like it's helping them. A, 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 what do you, what'd you say? Assuage? A swamp? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know that word, but I like it. Assuage. Eliminate their fears. Eliminate their fears. There's, it's, there's a word I'm looking for. This happens all the time. Anyway, <laughs> it's, helping, it's helping like get rid of those like little like knee jerk reactions of like, mm, I don't like blue. It's like, that doesn't matter. We can change that. That's such an easy fix. Don't get hung up on that. Cause that's a super easy fix. Totally. Sometimes they don't realize that, you know? Yeah. They would think it'd be, you know, back to square one to make it green. Yeah. Also, can we ask the listeners, quickie listeners, if you know the word I was looking for, help me. <laughs> what is <laughs> I that think word? is the word. But how does that right? Assuage. It sounds smooth. Assuage. Sounds French. <laughs> awesome. Um, I want to stay off script here just for a minute. Um, and this may transition into some of the questions that I was going to get to a little bit later on. But I want to hear the Hoodspur startup story. I'm, I love business and hearing business startup stories. Um, I want to hear about like the scrappy startup days. Like how did this, how did this all come to be? Oh, it was scrappy. If scrappy's at a five, we were at a one. It was like we because because we had gone this alternate route of not doing the four year school. Mm-hmm. Um, we it was harder for us to play that game, and it's totally a game, and it's a rigged game of trying to get hired. Mm-hmm. You do everything they say. You go to the four year school, but then you need the internship. Then you need the three to five years experience for literally any position. It's crazy. Just even for an entry level designer, people are requiring so much these days, and it's so unfair. So um, we were even less prepared than students coming out with all of the boxes ticked that you're supposed to have. Mm -hmm. Because we only had um, four years of community college with no associate's degree and um, three years at a coupon clipper that was not even the coupon clipper. It was a knockoff (laughs) of the coupon clipper. So, And honestly, we got lazy. We we were letting our job kind of dictate I wouldn't say lazy because we were working so many hours. We were, but but we we, were letting our job control us, I should say, because our whole portfolio was just these ads that were not, they were not, they didn't show what we could actually do creatively and they were not what we wanted to do going forward. So we were on monster.com, like looking for jobs for like three months, couldn't Mm -hmm. even get you know, a callback for an interview because our, our, we were unhirable on paper pretty much. And so essentially we were just like, we've always wanted to start a, a business. We've always, we've always been entrepreneurial. We've always had our own thing. Um, maybe we should just do it now since we literally have to pay rent next month and we have, we're getting, you know, our savings is dwindling. And so we just started Hoodspy in like a, a weekend or You've a been week. bedazzling um, t-shirts for years. So you might as well. I mean, yeah. we, we had all the prep we needed to start a small business, <laughs> which is to say none, but we like Googled everything and yeah. And luckily we had friends, you know, I think we started going to Twitter meetups and you know, about like three to four to five months into our business and, um, just meeting people smarter than us and just, just being really honest about what we were doing. And they were very honest back to be like, hey, whoa, don't do that. That's mm-hmm. way too low to, cha- to charge. And also you should never give unlimited <clears throat> rounds of revisions. Oh, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, just meeting up with people like Josh Hemsley and Mark Hemian and Jed Bridges and all these people that live locally. It's amazing what, what people will, will give you if you just give them transparent information about you. Mm-hmm. I think that's the difference between I get a lot of DMs asking like, hey, what do you charge for this? Or can you send me your contract that I can use? And I'm like, no. Like, yeah. first of all, I have a book. It's only $10, so feel free to buy that. <laughs> Second of all, like the way you ask somebody for that kind of information is it, just be transparent. Say, hey, I'm doing this. It's not really working for me. Like if, if you felt like you wanted to give me any tips, like I'd, I'd love to hear. And the difference being you're doing at least your own legwork <clears throat> and doing your best efforts basis. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, give me your cheat code, you're saying, I, this is the best that I figured out. Can you <laughs> just help me like, you know, think tank it? Yeah. 
Definitely. Well said. So what was the, what was the, the big project, you know, and it might not even have been big, but what was the one project that you landed in the early days that went, yep, this is it. This is where we're going. <laughs> so this is another instance where community was like super helpful. So mm -hmm. we had met a local agency, which when you're starting out, if you do have your own freelancing or whatever, getting hooked in with local agencies is a great idea because they subcontract a lot to deal with like flux, like, you know, kind of uh, projects. projects where their team just isn't enough. Mm -hmm. So um, we met and uh, Josh Ritchie of Column 5, who's now a co-founder with us of Connecting Things, our local meetup. But at the time, he was just looking for extra creatives to kind of help them with here and their work. And he, we met with him, and he was like, hey, I really love what you guys are doing. Um, and he wanted to test out a project with us, and we worked with them, their crew on an infographic for the History Channel. And I asked him, I was like, hey, when we share this, of course, we'll say that you're the Column 5 as the agency, but can we also share it, you know, that we worked on it too? And he was like, of course. And so just being able to say that by proxy, we worked with the History Channel, having that one little logo mm -hmm. of their logo, Column 5, as a local, you know, agency of reputation, but then also saying it was with the History Channel. That lended so much credibility um, to people who are visiting our site, I think. I personally think I can't, like, read the minds of people who visited the site, but I think that did... Um, and it just, for us, I think, added a level of like, oh, wow, we can do this. Like, mm -hmm. we can work for these, like, top brands. And we, we don't need to let our fear kind of, like, step so in our way. It not only, you know, ignited a fire within you guys and motivated you guys, it, it, you felt that, you know, in your gut, it just solidified your direction that much more. Yeah, yeah, totally. Awesome. Um, so where, where are you at right now? Is it, is it just the two of you? Do you have, you know, designers on, on staff? Like what does it look like now? So right now, um, because we're so small and we don't have someone who's completely dedicated to business development and sales, we mm -hmm. do that all ourselves. Um, Which we, we like. Well, we, yeah, we like keeping it small and agile, to be honest, because mm -hmm. um, we tried to grow it and we just spent all of our time being managers. We turned ourselves into managers instead yeah. of actually doing you the know, creative. The creative work. So we realized let's stay small and, you know, we'll have our hands on every project, which there's incredible value to. Mm -hmm. um, but because of that, so we don't have um, like full-time employees. What we do is we have trusted subcontractors who based on the project, if they feel passionate about it, you know, we'll, we'll bring them in. And if it fits the client's needs, we'll bring them in as needed. Um, but we always act as creative directors. Um, but one of our longtime collaborators who's been like, just like awesome and we consider him part of the team is Arturo Jimenez and he's um, you know a designer who works with us um, and then he works with us on almost everything it feels like yeah it feels like and then Brittany Manoff which is our um, younger sister actually she's our office manager and does all the shipping and kind of helps field emails and that kind of thing so there's really like four of us who are always working and then we'll tag in even more subcontractors like for specific needs as as the project requires but those two people are like indispensable in my opinion oh yeah we could mm -hmm. never have gotten this far without i mean even just Brittany being able to like um manage the emails and just manage the <clears throat> the the shop section which is so valuable but on our own we just couldn't do having those people has been awesome as far as growth totally so who do you both sort of tag team the sales side of the business the business development stuff or is there one of you that really leads that to be honest, we <clears throat> we haven't done much like biz dev. We've been kind of lucky, honestly, and it's I think it's just because we are really involved in our community mm -hmm. and we have been so transparent with showing behind the scenes and just sharing our process. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of biz dev in that way of just saying like, here's what we're working on and just showing 
showing all the work that we're doing. I think that's our biz dev is kind of like our, our social media stuff. Um, but other than that, we don't, we haven't been good about going, <clears throat> going after the clients that we want. So with this year, that's kind of our goal. Yeah, because we've been so busy and we were like, you know what, we need to actually just carve out time and start saying no so that we can steer this into the direction that we really want to go, mm-hmm. which we've loved every client we've worked with till now. We've had amazing opportunities. It, that's not the problem. It's more like, you know what, I'm going to start going after, like, let's name the brands, let's name the companies that we want to work with and like make the plan to reach out to them, start mm-hmm. building relationships through, with, you know, key team members, stuff like that. So that's what we're doing this year. So do you want to throw those names out here? And you know how the universe works. Yeah, right. Well, totally. I mean, for the longest time, we were saying, oh, we'd love to work with the Lakers. We're huge fans. And we use that as an example at all of our workshops. We would show people how, you know, hey, you can find the people who work at these companies on Twitter. And mm-hmm. they, you know, not very many people are interacting with them in an interesting way that that's creating conversation around what they're doing. So we would look them up on Twitter. Um, and uh, like Jay Diaz is their assistant creative director. And we found him on Twitter. And then it turns out that our friend Jeff Ibshin went to school with him. And so he's like, hey, you you know that I can introduce you. We're like, oh, dang. So, <laughs> yes, please introduce us. And so when they uh, – Again, community. Yeah. I feel like I community say, is everything. Speaking to the like, community. Uh, reach, yeah. yeah, reach out to people that you admire, and you'll be amazed at how much they probably want to just talk shop too. You yeah. Know? Get on Twitter. Talk to people. But it's so important the way you do it. I feel like intention is huge. Like if you're just reaching out and just asking, and you can, they can tell it's just a giant sucking sound of like, <laughs> give, give me, help me, you know, yada, yeah. yada. That's not – helpful to anyone and you have to be very like giving with with what with yourself and and you know invest in them and their story and show them that like you're genuinely passionate about what they're doing because that's what they're looking for in collaborators yeah mm-hmm. so um, but who are some brands we want to work with oh yeah um other I'm, levi's I'm, adidas yeah definitely um we've been doing some uh title card movie card uh designs for 20th century fox with neri revis our friend who's awesome and somehow a one-man show over there <laughs> we're like it'd be fun to do more of this like to do stuff with netflix or now that disney bought fox disney <laughs> yep. um but yeah so i think we're looking to get more into, uh, into that as well awesome well okay if you land a gig shortly after this goes up then i'm gonna be over the moon stoked for you guys five <laughs> percent finders fee <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, no no it's uh seven sorry just to just to clear <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Totally <laughs> no, totally the, fi- the finder's fee is the smile that you guys would get from working with him. Oh, that's nice. You're so Canadian. I know, right? All right, we'll move on <gasps> to the next like- question, eh? <laughs> um, I chat- All right, that is where I will cut this part one off. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to this episode today. Really appreciate your time. Just a reminder, go to hoodspadesign.com and pick up their design book, Freelance and Business and Stuff. If you're a designer, a creative, illustrator, artist, go get the book. It's fantastic. Uh, Part two tomorrow. So we'll see you then.